What's really good, bozos, bullies, brothers, babies, backbreakers, buffoons? How y'all doing today? Welcome to another episode of the Broadcast Boys Show. We are back and better than ever. We got a good show today. But first and foremost, let me check in on my brother, Brody. How you doing? I'm good. We got a legend in the building coming off a trip to Seattle for the MLB Celebrity Game where we were graced with the presence of Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine, but most importantly, JoJo Siwa. She didn't come up clutch when it mattered most. But even being in her presence was special and very humbling. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, look, for the fans back home, we, I'm going to be a fanboy for a second. Me and Brody were in the booth at, at the stadium in Seattle calling this celebrity softball game. And the little baseball fan to me from back in the day hyped. Unbelievable experience. And Brody, how nice was uh, where the Seahawks and the Mariners play? Those stadiums, oh, the stadiums were, were beautiful. They were enormous. Especially Lumen Fieldhouse. Oh, my God. It was almost comparable nice. to Wes Welker oh, Fieldhouse for the Creator League final. <laughs> I would love to play in it one day. I feel like if we did end up playing, I'd probably be ass. But I'd be nice. I highly recommend watching it. And the coolest thing about it all, Donovan Mitchell and Zach Levine, they recognized us. Talk to me nice. Yeah, we didn't even recognize them. Hard work, dedication, perspiration, motivation. I don't even know who they were. But they came up to us, so. Sorry, I do not know that man. I am not familiar with his work. Well, first, when he came up to me, I said, I am in no mood. And I said, <laughs> I can give him five minutes. But let's talk about a brother whose work that we are very familiar with. Let's get to our guest today. Standing 5'10", 155 of pure sauce with Marbury handles and a Bob Cousy mid-range. The academic valedictorian of and one is in the building. Taking your ankles, soul, and girl with a smile. A brother beloved from Kaiser to Kazakhstan, the Global Hoopers influence knows no bounds. Take a seat, stupid, because class is in session. Welcome to the pod, the professor. Yes, sir. What's good, professor? Welcome to the show. How you doing? What's good, fellas? I'm feeling good, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate you guys. You're a YouTube star at this point, but that's not where you began. And now there's a lot of people who you came up with in and one that don't necessarily have the same sort of fame and notoriety that you do at this point. How did you keep yourself relevant when everything with and one went down and you kind of had to figure out your second act? You know, it's funny. It felt at the time, it just felt like my only resort. Social media wasn't a mainstay like it is now. You know what I'm saying? Like you could probably say what 20% of people had social media at the time. Yeah. I was actually privy to YouTube right when it dropped. So YouTube came out Oh four. There was already and one compilations on YouTube by about 2005. So like I would see people, I remember I went to the UK and Australia and fans came up to me and they were like, oh man, love your stuff. And I used, by habit, I used to be like, oh, thanks for checking out the show. But they were like, no, we seen your stuff on YouTube and people would see my stuff on YouTube. So I actually hired an editor to try to flood YouTube in like 05 and my, my compilations that were ripped off the TV show would get like a million views in a week on there. You know what I'm saying? So it was going crazy. I remember even at a time where if you typed basketball on YouTube, like my mix would come up, my highlight compilation. Yeah. So uh, when it ended, when and one ended, it was no more ESPN TV show. I just felt like uh, branding on social media was the best place to get notoriety and to get, um, you know, DMs for like bookings. You know, back in that day on YouTube, you could actually get a DM. So I was getting bookings for games on YouTube knowing that I think at that time it was in like 20 countries or something. So I really didn't master plan the whole thing. I went straight to YouTube when it ended. I started my own channel because that's when AdSense became a thing. And then I was playing like one-off exhibition games for years until I finally had a viral video uh, in 2013. And then oh, wow. I got a million subs like overnight. You know what I'm saying? It just became a yeah. business. 
<laughs> no, because people knew who you were. It was just a matter of them like kind of seeing what you do and seeing what your YouTube presence is going to be like. Yeah, and you know, it's funny too, because I look back on it and people, yeah, like you said, they connected the dots, but everybody thinks that when Anne one ended, I just went to YouTube and everything was like a steady climb. Truth was, we fell off hard, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. fell off crazy. Like, I went to a UCLA game out here in L.A., and I remember one person recognized me. And just a year, year or two before that, I had like I had to take security everywhere I went. Well, one kid recognized me. He didn't. Even, he couldn't even say my name. He said, "Hey, ain't you uh? Didn't you play in like a tournament on TV or something? Ain't you the teacher?" <laughs> it was wild. It was humbling moment. You know, what I'm saying I had a lot to learn. You know, and and in that time, you could be forgotten about quick. You know, without social media. Damn. So, if social media was as prolific as it is today, do you think a lot of your your coworkers, your peers would have been in a similar position to you if they could have capitalized? Yeah, you know, we would have been crazy popping back in the day. <laughs> like, I'm really trying to think because I was just sitting down with Kevin Garnett last week and he even said it like it didn't really register because I used to say like, yo, we got as much spin as the NBA. But he was right. He was like, y'all was on way more than the NBA. You know what I'm saying? He said that show was on 50 times a week all night and all that. And it's crazy, right? How much national TV did NBA teams get? At most, probably what, two times a week, maybe? At most, if you're the Lakers or the Knicks or something like that. Right. Everybody, including myself, we were in that mindset where it was about endorsement deals and companies doing your branding for you. And that was the only way to be on. We only knew the gatekeeper uh, setup. Right. I was focused on it, but I wasn't focused on building an empire. I was just like, hey, man, let's throw all the scrap footage up there. I even I had a fan teach me how to edit. One of the fans who made one of my compilations, he taught me how to edit. So I throw my scrap footage up there. I'm like, hey, that's just another outlet where I can get looks. And it wasn't until 2013 somebody came to me and was like, yo, you, you never tried to went viral? He's like, some of, these, some of these videos aren't even great edits. You've got half a mil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so um, that's kind of how it went. So I think mine wasn't even strategic either. It kind of fell into it, you know, thank God. But I do think, it, yeah, if we all, you know, if we were on IG in 06, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It would have been different. Yeah, because for example, a Tristan Jass of the world, He's incredible at what he does, but he just could be in his backyard doing incredible layups. Whereas you guys had a much larger scale and had to put much more effort into gaining that recognition. For sure, for sure. And the landscape was different. It was way higher talent. I think all the OGs always say that. Like, it's like, they'll always say that Era had the most talent. But I mean, just honestly, I've, I've lived both through. I played with the YouTube Hoopers and I played with An One Hoopers. And An One, we'd have NBA players come and it would be synonymous. You might not even be able to tell who's in the league. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of myths going around, like on past docs, talk about the level of An One players. There's a lot of like myths with that, but it was a pro level game um, with YouTube Hoopers and all that. They're actually good, but they're like, it's like college though. You know what I'm saying? It's like a college level game, somewhere in between college and pro, I'd say. Yeah, no, nah, it definitely feels like there's levels to it, right? Because we know a lot of YouTube hoopers, and as much as we love them, they're not play hooping on the same level that you and the A and one guys were back in the day. You know what I mean? But have a similar level of fame in, at this point. So it's kind of just like changed the landscape, like you said. Yeah. Now, when you first started with YouTube, you've been talking a lot about like the grind that goes into YouTube, how you got to get editors and put out videos and that kind of stuff. Basketball is obviously your first love. Do you love this YouTube grind, or is this kind of like a, a means to an end to kind of like keep your bills paid and, and you in the know. No, I actually love it, man. I actually love it. And, you know, we talk about the talent difference. I was just making an observation. I don't doubt it. I think it's dope that everybody can have an outlet, right? You, you, right. you, you guys yourself, you're, you are a product of somebody who's benefited from 
having your own distribution on social media. So I think it's incredible. I think it's really dope. And uh, I do love it. I actually don't even view basketball separate from production now, which is funny. I was telling somebody yeah. at the podcast the other day, and they were like, yo, we got a pickup run out here in Venice, man. You should come check. I was like, bro, I'll be honest. You can't get me to play pickup. Like, if I if I play, it's only if we're rolling for YouTube. And if I play and we're not recording, like, I don't even feel right. Like, and, and I get injured a lot too, you know what I'm saying, nowadays. So, like, I don't I don't really risk that. But, but yeah, it's all one to me. Like, I have so much fun bringing together, like, a hoop vlog or a cosplay video or an IRL trash talk, park takeover, whatever it is. Um, I do love it. For sure. It's great to watch a professional play, but it's also nice that someone like Jesser can have a lane where it's more like watching you and your friend just play in the backyard. Yeah, exactly. And both are relatable for two different reasons, right? One is like you love to see the best or you love to see like, you know, high competition, controversy, trash talk, hostile environment. And that's fun. And then like Jesser, right? It'd be, it, his are more like, yeah, it's like the bros got together in the backyard and had a great time, and we can relate to that because that's fun too. And he's done an amazing job with his production and editing and the whole nine. We, we actually had the same manager for a lot of years, so I got to see his progression. Um, but dudes killed it. But yeah, people like that, you know what I'm saying, in the space have a chance to blow up where if there was gatekeepers, who knows what that looks like, right? Like the dude that, that plays backyard hoop, you know, it's not going to be the same, you know what I mean? Like I always tell people, even back in the Anwan days, people wanted to be street ball players. And in my mind, I'm like, uh, only there's only like 15 spots like you, know yeah, like, you could have played street ball to make a career though and save some money like that if you weren't on and one that was gonna be tough you know nah for sure and you know it's funny i was looking at your channel and i saw that way way back when your first video you ever dropped on youtube was professor drops 33 and 7 in brazil 2009 now i'm sure you posted yeah. that a few years after that actually happened right i think i posted it in 09 actually yeah, you did i was on okay. site that's a sony handy cam <laughs> Let me give you an idea of how, how hood <laughs> my, my YouTube game was back then. Copped a Sony Handycam before I went to Brazil. I knew I was going to start YouTube because I was already uploading on YouTube. This is on my homie's channel. You know what I'm saying? Not knowing there was no YouTube AdSense. So it's like, okay, right. started my channel. Boom. So I get out there and there was like this kid. He was a huge fan, but he was kind of like the manager out there, like helping out. And mind you, I didn't even have money to, to hire a videographer to come out there. You know what I'm saying? No no team, no nothing. So he was like a huge fan of mine. He's probably like 15 or something like that. So I asked him, I was like, hey, bud, would you mind filming this game? And I gave him a little lesson. I said, Stan, right here. Here's how your framing should look. <laughs> he did a decent job of filming, you know, for like an amateur. Right. Like, like it wasn't bad, right? For just like a, you know, whatever, the first YouTube vid. But we actually lost that game. And I remember this kid, I go over to him to get my camera back. He's bawling in tears like because we <laughs> we lost and i was like oh buddy you all right he's like oh you lost i was like bro listen it's basketball man you're gonna win some you're gonna lose some it was so funny but yeah that was my first youtube vid i got home and i remember i edited that and threw that up didn't really think much of it that's also the beauty of youtube too it doesn't need to be the highest quality at all you might put in so much effort into a video and it does nothing you might put no effort into a video and it absolutely blows up if you want to go higher and you want to smash it, your production editing does need to get better. But you're right, though. My biggest video on YouTube is actually filmed on two iPhone 7s, 83 million views. Were these the Spider-Mans? No, my biggest video ever is actually, um, I went to Laguna Beach in like 20, uh, 2016. They have these two half courts. They're kind of like legendary for Cali. 
They're like the only other beach courts outside of Venice. And I was hooping for like three or four hours and the day was cool, but it wasn't great. But then this dude started talking crazy on the sidelines. And he was like, he was like telling somebody how to guard me. He's like, all you got to do is watch his hips. He's like, that ain't shit, bro. You got to just get up and do X, Y, Z and boom, boom, boom. So, so I was like, oh, for real? I was like, you sound like you got the, you know, you got the remedy or whatever. And he's like, yeah. so, so he's like, we should run it back after this. I was like, all right, bet. So I would finish that game and I played to do one-on-one and uh, he was out of shape. So midway through the game, he got tired. So I crossed, I went between the legs, snatched it, the dude splat on the pavement, <laughs> no contact though. You know what I'm saying? Those are the yeah. best ones you don't even touch them, right? So yeah. dude, the pavement hard though, you know what I'm saying? Like a, like a splat sound. And this is the dude that had the recipe to guard you, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> the funny thing is like two possessions later, I gave like an up fake between my legs, between his legs, snatch. The dude tried to, he reached or something, but he like broke his shoulder. He threw his shoulder out of the socket. And then the game didn't, it just ended right there because he had to quit. So like, that's why that video is so crazy. And that's what goes to your point. That shot on two iPhone sevens, right? But the reason it was crazy is because like, we couldn't have wrote a better script. The dude was talked all the trash, you know what I'm saying? And then finally got in there, played. I crossed his shoulder, like he broke his shoulder. It's wild, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's nuts. But uh, that was that's my biggest video, 2016. I haven't been able to top that one. But but yeah, the Spider-Mans, that was my first viral video, 2013. That's what took off my whole channel. I got a million subs in a day. Yeah, <laughs> I, remember, I remember that video. So I wanted to ask you, right, because you ask any creator, a lot of them have videos that they're super proud of and maybe ones that they're like the most proud of. Yeah. You know, I think for me and Brody, ours is when we went to Nashville and pretended like I was an NFL draft prospect. And somehow the city of Nashville believed that I went in the first round. Don't ask me how. But for you, what would be, what would you consider your video that you're most proud of that you could really put your name on that and be like, I'm proud of that shit? Dang, it's really hard to say one. You got that first Spider-Man video, just cause like, you know, back in the, so the, the algorithm's friendly now, you know, like you, you might be able to do 10, 20 million in a day if you've got an excellent, like, like shut down video. Back then, if you got like five, six million in a week, that was like 50 million, you know what I'm saying? So that first episode one, I got hit up from everybody. Good Morning America, CNN, ESPN, like anybody you could think, any media outlet you can think of. So million subs in a day, that was special. I went to a prison and hooped with prisoners. I think that was like 2018. That was a really eye-opening experience, but also a great time. And then like I hooped for like, 30, 40 minutes. I don't think I missed a shot though. Every trick worked. I don't think I missed a shot. It was like one of those moments meant to be because even the court, it was actually like at a slant and it had like a little gravel on it. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. You know? No way that was a nice court. Yeah. yeah, but we got it done. And then there's like, there's this one game at Court Kings. I think I have like 35 million views or something. It's called Professor Breaks Ankles and Egos. And these dudes were talking crazy. But I had like. 57 highlights in one game <laughs> and like 30 points and so that was like my favorite five on five game video and then we did the space jam space jam was the second biggest web series ever next to spider-man so it's hard for me to t like those five stand out in my mind if i had to reference a few so you've dominated at the prisons you've dominated in cosplay you've separated sounds like overweight men's shoulders can you recall <laughs> the first time that you ever busted someone's ass so badly that you had a vision in your mind that I could do this professionally for the rest of my life. Ooh. You know what's crazy? I actually never thought I even belonged in N1. 
or on the street ball scene because it was very like an urban hood thing. I'm, I'm like growing up in the suburbs, you know what I'm saying? I'm practicing my driveway to birds chirping, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't think I really <laughs> even belonged there. I was just a fan. So I don't know if I ever thought I could do it for it. I actually did though, but I was trying to make the NBA, you know what I'm saying? Like mm, right. in the back of my mind at some point, everybody was going to respect my game. You know, they, they really didn't like that on a, on a broader scale. Uh, but then when I go to M1, my eyes were kind of open because after my freshman year of college, I improved by like 300%, but nobody really told me, like, I felt like I did, but nobody really co-signed and affirmed that. You know what I mean? Right. So I go crazy at M1, but I had a, I actually had a battle with hot sauce, several battles with hot sauce. One defining one was in Detroit. He came down and like, he, he hit me with like a stiff leg crossover. I like touched earth. You know what I'm saying? I touched down real right, quick. Right, right. I lost it, but I got up and I almost got a piece of it. You know what I'm saying? I recovered. But he hit the shot, and they, and they went crazy. They ran on the court. So I didn't even know what to do because I'm like, damn, like, how, that's a tough act to follow. What the fuck am I supposed to You know what I mean? So I come down the next play, I just and, the, and the, my coach, I remember he was like, go right back at his ass. You know what I'm saying? Get him. So I'm like, I'm kind of deer in the headlights. But I just blanked out. I did every move I could think of. I even did a couple <laughs> hot sauce moves to him. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hell yeah. Went back at him. Then gave like a little little sham pullback, but he went for it. You know what I'm saying? He bit on it hard. I drove the lane. I think I even got pushed, but I, I made the layup, and then they lost it like twice as hard. So I think that battle gave me confidence. But then even when I won the contract, I actually bust hot sauce that. You know what I'm saying? That's how I won my right, right, right. contract. Yeah. So that it gave me confidence uh, for my career. But, you know, shout out to hot sauce, his big bro. You know, he was a huge inspiration of mine, but I found myself having to go against like every other night. You know what I'm saying? That's a super famous clip too. I believe he's wearing like the most ridiculous frayed shirt. I'm almost positive I've seen this one a bunch of times. Yeah, and he's got a red jersey. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah a it's insane. One. Yeah, it's a good back and forth. <laughs> so speaking of Van One, you went to the open tryout and got discovered. I want to go back. You're riding in the car with your brother listening to Eminem. What was your mindset like? And if you knew how much your life was going to change, do you think you would have put up the show that you actually did? That's hard to say, but I, I actually have a feeling I wouldn't have. You know, at that time, I would always, you know, sometimes you would battle with uh, personal insecurity and you can get too in your own head. You know what I'm saying? There was times in my high school career and even college, I was just too in my own head. You, you know what I mean? And then it like throws you off your game, but I had a good flow state. You know what I'm saying? That whole summer, my freshman year ended. I'm a bench warmer. I played three minutes a game. I'm the, I'm the dude that goes in on the all white team. You know what I'm saying? And we down 30 and then they banging on us. You know what I'm saying? The bagging us. I'm, I'm that dude. You know what I'm saying? I got dunked on and all that. So I got a lot better. And then afterwards in summer league, I'm going like my, I have D1 teammates, D2 teammates. You know what I'm saying? But I was winning every game, holding court. They're bringing in recruits, D1 recruits. I'm, I'm wiping them down. like, And then now coaches are like, who's this kid? You know what I'm saying? Kind of ruffling the feathers a little bit because my coaches can't really sell me. I ain't on scholarship. So they're like, oh, he's one of our walk-ons. You know what I mean? So going to that that uh, and one trial, my thought process was, hey, I'm a fan. Can't wait to see my heroes play. Maybe I'll get to play with them because I played with them the year before in a little tryout. Even though I, I didn't do that well, but I got to, you know, I got to go against sick with it a little bit, some of the guys. So I'm just, you know, I was just a fan having a good time, hoping I get a little shine. But if I would have known it was like a career, a life changer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say, you know, in hindsight. For sure. I wanted to ask you, right, because you said something about, you know, the N1 players and the NBA players would play and you wouldn't be able to tell who's who. Yeah. 
do me a favor, put together a team with you at the point of Anwan Hoopers that you think could have stepped into the NBA regular season and win some games. I think it would be t- like, <clears throat> here's the thing. When they came and played in our show, we, they, it fit in synonymous and we could shine. Going to play in the NBA to win games would be a tough play, but it wouldn't be impossible. That's the, this is what I want to say. And I'm going to start saying on all my interviews, because there's a lot of myths about the level of uh, one. And I even did some with KG street ball versus the NBA. Yeah. And I realized people have a, a wrong viewpoint about the level of and one players. Like they actually have a bad viewpoint, but I think it's cause like we never played the NBA. And then like dudes talked a lot of trash back in the day about, you know, they need to be in the league and kind of look like, it looked like bitter bums who didn't make it just talking trash, right? Yeah. But the level is actually a lot closer than you think. And that's why I do what I do. I play on – I've had workouts NBA players. I don't never say no names. I don't shade people. But I bust an NBA player ass before. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> say the name. Say the name. Yeah, we, oh, we you, know, a workout, you know what I'm saying? A workout's not the league. You know what I'm saying? So that's different. Yeah. I don't even – I'm not one to claim I go crazy in the league. But I will say, if we had to go there, put a team together, I'll be at the one – Let's see who's at the two. I would have prime objective at the two. Okay, incredible name. Okay, scratch <laughs> that. Sorry, I would have AO at the two, but we would rotate the one and two. You know what I'm saying? He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would put prime objective at the three. Uh, I'd go small. I'd go Ali Mo at the four. Oh, you're six nine. I go Ali Mo at the four. And then, see, the five will be tough because we don't have a true five, but I would go small, and I would go with main event at the Hell five. Yeah. Main event or half man, you know what I'm saying? We could take either one of those to war. And I'll be honest, though, we like, I don't know if that's the team, but the best of and one could put up an interesting game versus an NBA team. I'm not saying, like, do work during the season, but, like, it wouldn't be what people think, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there's okay. NBA teams that have won, like, 10 games in the season. I think y'all could be around that range. I don't okay. see why not. Yeah, I mean, well, I think we, we put it, if we played our own style and put on a show, they might not know how to – like, that's what would happen with NBA players, you know? Yeah, they wouldn't know what to do with Playing our game, yeah, it's a different game, and it's yeah. the crowd momentum makes your game seem worthless. If you hit a jumper, like, it doesn't move the needle, even if you make it. So, like, right. like, damn, you don't know how to play with that. Who was a player that actually adjusted well to your game that you were surprised wasn't hitting fundamental jump shots but was really tailoring their skill set to fit into the and one game? Oh, uh, you're saying who did well from the NBA? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like someone maybe that you didn't expect to do as well or fit in as well mm. with the team you were running with. I feel like any NBA player, if they played in our game, they should do well. I just I don't know if their showtime aspect would really be like that. but um, Yeah, the showmanship aspect. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Who, who from the league? Ricky Davis played in a good share of our games. He Hell had yeah. like 60 every game. We used to clown him, like certain guys on the team would be like, yo, you took you took at least 30 of Ricky's points. Like uh my man, my man Ricky Davis is the one who thought that LeBron was coming into the Cavs to help him out. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, he dude, may not have been wrong. wrong. No, nah, he was nice. Yeah, in yeah, hindsight. Hey, hey, LeBron. <laughs> hindsight looks funny, but like at the yeah. time, I get it. Nah, I saw cool. LeBron play live as a rookie, and like I was like, Hey, dude's good, but I wouldn't even thinking about dude, you know? So, um, Ricky Davis went crazy. I'm probably forgetting, you know, there was a lot of NBA players to play. I feel like the guards never went crazy, though. Like, the guards who played with us, it was it was more like – it wasn't guards that played that way. 
necessarily. So like Daryl Armstrong came to play with us. He didn't he didn't play well. It wasn't his style. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, right. I saw him hit a layup in the dunk contest, so that's not too surprising. Yeah, he <laughs> <laughs> to be a good player, but I'm really trying to think of the dudes. Mike James played in our game. He went oh, back. He was and nice. AO. Um, obviously, Skip, you know, was and one player in the league. But uh, there's, I'm for, you know, I'm spacing right now. I know Deshaun Stevenson played with us. He did okay. Abe Lincoln. Oh, Abe Lincoln. <laughs> you no, know, it was a different. It was a different speed of game. Like even even for me when I got on that team, it was a an adjustment to play that up and down. You're looking for the oop. You're waiting for the ISO. Like when you play the team game, everything's in your advantage. There's team defense, so if you get beat, you got help. You got an offense to fall back on. You could you you can call for picks. Like we called for pick in our game. It was like oh, like that's are you souring up the show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. So everything's in your advantage to help you in a team game. Whereas that you're kind of put on the island, and if you're not accustomed to that style of play, then it's like it's kind of tough. That's what's so interesting. That's what I love about and one is that like basketball obviously is important, but it's like the show comes first, right? You're yeah. here to put you're there to put on a show, you're there to make people go crazy, storm the court if something wild happens. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to see a clean pick and roll or a dive on the baseline. You know what I'm saying? Like my dad yeah, does. We would do it because you gotta win. Like to us, actually, the the W actually came first. But that's not what's going to be shown on the highlight recap. Right. But, man, at the height of N1, the whole game was like a video game, bro. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we had, like, close to flawless games before where, like, every possession was like a show tire. Every other possession. Like, honestly, it was fake. Like, some of those games, like, if they were on YouTube Raw, pretty impressive. Not going to lie. Now – I, now, when I think of NBA players that could have played and won, like let's say guys now, like I'm thinking, you know, former Nick legend, my boy Jamal Crawford, Kyrie oh. Irving, maybe Steph Curry. What are some other guys in the league, you know, maybe stars that never really came out to and one that you think would have came through and put on a show? Steve Francis is another guy that comes to mind. I don't know why he just popped in my head. Oh, they would have killed it. Yeah, so those those are the guys that, that would have been amazing. Obviously, Steph and uh, Kyrie, those are, those are young, you know, they're way younger, but right. – yeah, those dudes would have been amazing in their time. I think, like, I'm trying to think who else in the league that would have been great. You know, Jay Will. Oh, hell yeah. Jay Will would have been fire. Uh, I think, um, what was the dude's name? Uh, there was the dude. Oh, Flip Murray. Flip yeah, he Murray. was a scorer. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was a sleeper. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of dudes that probably would have went crazy that, that uh, you know, even like some of the old school '90s point guards, they probably would have went crazy too, but they would have just did it their own way. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like you had to play one way. Like if uh, you know Tim Hardaway played in the and one game, probably would have went crazy. It would just been different. It would have been a little bit more right. straight up. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, players like that. So you ran with a lot of people, a lot of exotic locations. Is there anyone at the peak of and one fame? Is there any celebrity or figure that you're still surprised that you played in front of? Oh, um, still surprised. I think it was dope. Shaq was courtside a couple times. And it was funny, too, because I had a horrible game the first time Shaq came to see us play, which was, I was, like, so hurt. I was so bummed out. Uh, but, you know, that was the beauty of street ball. It was real, you know what I'm saying? It didn't always go, it didn't always go your way. But um, Shaq came. Stephon Marbury came to games. I, uh, AI... Said that he's at game, like he's in the suite level. We didn't see him. Um, 
I had heard that Steve Nash had watched a game in Phoenix. Uh, I'm trying to think. I read you played in front of Sly Stallone, and I thought that was a hilariously random piece of information. If I did, I didn't know it. <laughs> if I did, I didn't know it. You know, but that happened, a lot. that happened a lot. Like, I didn't know AI was at a game. You know what I'm saying? Or Steve, I found that out later. You know what I mean? But a lot of people, you know, they're at the arena. They're watching the suite level. They don't want to make it an appearance. Shaq was, like, for the people. You know what I'm saying? So he Always, always. So he lived in Tampa at the time. And so, like, when we play in Tampa, I think he came twice. But, um, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Here, I'm forgetting, too. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, yeah, I feel you. Who all came, but a lot of goats came through. It was an honor, for sure. Now, this was something I wanted to ask you, right? Because the first time we met you, Professor, we was on the blue carpet for Netflix's Hustle, which is a movie that you had a, a helping hand in, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I did some research, yeah. and I found a movie that you were in, an unreleased movie, Ball Don't Lie. You starred alongside Ludacris and Nick Cannon. It was referred to as the eight mile of basketball. So for people who have never heard of the film, let's get a synopsis of what that what that movie was like. Yeah. And you know what's funny? We're trying to get it released now. Wow. Trying to oh, actually, for real? I, I met up with the director and the producer first time in 15 years, just like a couple months ago. And I was like, fellas, can we just release it for the resume? You know what I'm saying? It got an A-list cast. So anyway, uh, eight mile. They're only saying that because I'm a white dude. Like <laughs> I figured. I figured. <laughs> it's, it's it's the opposite of that. It's not. So the reason it didn't come out, just keeping it all the way transparent, it didn't come out because I was known for basketball, and if you saw a product for me, you would want it to feel like and one. It should have been a hip hop. It should have felt like hip hop and been basketball, but really. It had a good message to it, though. It was a mental health. It was about the foster care system and mental health. So I played like a 15, 16-year-old who was in and out of the foster care system trying to get placed in homes, and the parents keep sending me back to the foster care system. But meanwhile, I hoop at this local rec center. It takes place in Venice. And up at the rec center is like a lot of like name actors, you know what I'm saying, like household names. But we all hooping up there, and there's a story about like, um, me and my girlfriend, a love interest. And then like, I was just trying to navigate my way through life as a foster kid, but a hooper. And then I had OCD. So that was like the mental health aspect. Oh, I see. So it documents like a whole day where I'm trying to like make my girlfriend happy and get her a gift while having all these flashbacks and all the, showing my upbringing and how I am as a character or whatever. Um, but it's got some good, it had like really good basketball scenes and it's got some big names like Nick Cannon, Ludacris, uh, Steve Harris, the dude that played Bubba from Forrest Gump, Michael T. Williamson. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. It got like a good cast, you know what I mean? So hopefully he sees the light of day, but that's what it was really about. It was it was about mental health and the people who watched it and distributors for that big box office release, they wanted it to be hip hop. They passed up a million DVD releases. There was like a 500 theater release, but they were going for that. Uh, back then a box office release was 3,500 theaters or more. So they were waiting on that and it never oh, came. Wow. And it just, you know, the, the producer and directors, they had other projects. So it just got deprioritized over the years. That well, sounds like a movie. Now, you, released that in, yeah. you released that shit now. It might go crazy on YouTube. Yeah, so. hopefully, hopefully, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's Oscar worthy or nothing like that. But it had some charm to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I showed a lot of my friends. And they were like, oh, it's not bad. You should put this out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hey, man, I miss movies from that era. So if we can take it back and, and get a little time capsule view into that era, I'm with it. All right, man, I'm hoping. And if we do, we come back for the press run. Cool? Please do.
right. We're here. It all sounds right. more substantial than what was written about online and something that could be more relevant today, given all the mental health stuff. That was, and that was my pitch to the, the producer and director and they didn't disagree at all. They like, cool. We'll see what it is. You know, streamers are really picky. You know, there's new movies being made every day that they're passing on. So it might be come with its challenges to get it released, but you know, Lord willing, right? I do feel like that's for today. So how did you get from that into actually choreographing basketball scenes for major motion pictures? Mm, uh, I think just, just being an analytical hooper, you know, learning a lot of footwork and like also analyzing street ball, like we're highlights on steroids. So we know what those highlight moments look like. And often when you show a movie, you know, you, you have sort of a flow to it, but you want to get to that. The highest point becomes that highlight moment. Um, I realized I had a gift for it when I started making basketball skits on a uh, IG, my homie, me, Air Deasy, we were actually the first ones to ever make a com a basketball comedy skit in 2012. And it was actually on Vine and IG. And then after that, you saw like the, the impersonators and people, you know, yep, yep. come on afterwards. But we did a few that were like skits for YouTube. And uh, some of the plays were like, choreographed but they went viral as their own people cut that clip from the, the skit and then it was posted on the house of highlights and all those and people thought it was actually real so like we learned we had a gift for it we're like dang that's fake but we can actually make that look real whereas like if you watch a movie very few of the plays actually look real like they work for the story flow and like you don't really like think too deep into it because the story moves the movie but if you really analyze the basketball like the timing's off the crowd's cheering too soon the footwork ain't right on the defense. You know what I mean? So we were able to pinpoint what's real and then uh, get some gigs out of that. So it was cool. Yeah, hustle was clean too. And I'm sure it helped having actual NBA players on set. But I'm saying in terms of basketball scenes, that was some of the cleanest I've seen in a movie in a long time. Yeah, you know, that was great. And we didn't, you know, just so you know, I only choreographed my own scene on that. I didn't uh, <laughs> I didn't okay. choreograph none of the b-ball on that. But uh, that one, they... I wouldn't even say head of choreography really did their thing with that. I'll be honest. I know who that was. Not really a basketball guy, but uh, they let the players kind of do their thing. You know, they gave them rough parameters. Right. Here's what we want to achieve and kind of let them do the things. But that's the beauty of having real ball players in the movie, right? It's going to yeah. give it a much more authentic feel. And I think Adam was smart because like by him having authentic people involved in the basketball community, he kind of like grabbed the attention of the core audience and won them over. And then, obviously, with a good story, you get the crossover to the mainstream audience. So, Adam, you know, he did it right. He's dope. Now, I wanted to ask you this one. So, you've obviously snatched ankles across the globe. So, I wanted you to tell me some some of the most overrated and underrated streetball cities around the world, right? Okay. Um I feel like, honestly, it's hard to say underrated because there's hoopers everywhere. You know what I mean? But I would say, like, as far as, like, overall, like, the crowd's into it and they get it and understand right. it. I would say underrated Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? Mellow. Baltimore's crazy. When you think streetball, you really just think, like, New York. And I think you're second. You might think Philly, right? Like, New York and Philly. Right. Um, so I would say Baltimore's underrated. I would say when we went to like Florida, that's underrated too. But I think it was because those Southern states don't get that street ball vibe. So when they do get it, you know what I'm saying? They'll turn up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they'll, they'll show out for it. Yeah. So I think that was dope. Uh, I'm trying to think overrated. 
What's overrated? Also, think internationally too, right? Because we know you've been all over. Oh, okay. Dang. So, uh, Tokyo, Japan. We, really? When we went to Tokyo, Japan, you would thought Michael Jackson was on the court. Like, real, <laughs> no, real talk. We're talking about passing out signs. Will you marry me? Like, it was wild. You know what I'm saying? So, Tokyo was wild. I remember the first game in Asia we went to was Tokyo, Japan, and it was like a shutdown. Like, anything we did, they're going berserk. You know what I mean? The only one that topped Tokyo was Sao Paulo, Brazil. Okay. Uh, All right. We sold out, was it a tennis arena or soccer? Is it <laughs> either one? The joint was like a football. It was huge. You know what I'm saying? I think it was like somewhere between 30 to 50K. It was bigger than the garden, right? Oh, wow. But we sold it out on like a, like a Wednesday and then they were like, hey, fellas, we'll pay you extra. You want to stay till Sunday and do another one? And they so, almost sold it out again, like on that Dang. Sunday. Uh, but I remember that one was wild. Like, I remember I just came. I wasn't even doing nothing. I was at half court. I just did it behind the back. It's like, ah! Like, <laughs> it for every, everything we did. I just do one of them fakes, you know what I'm saying? Like this, yeah. losing it. Uh, so those two were crazy. If I had to say overrated, I would actually say L.A., LA never turned up. I think it was it's too much about Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? So I think that the vibe of like Venice and Laguna to me is like it's hard to top that just cuz it's like so beautiful and it does so well on camera and you have a, a built-in audience passerby so that's really lit. But like in the Anwen era we did LA it never did well. Never performed. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what about West 4th? It's so small. I feel like people can't comprehend just how tiny it is. It must be limiting to play at. Yeah, you know, West 4th, I've actually never played there. Oh, really? Funny enough, I believe it or not, I never played in West That's pretty 4th. shocking to me. That's like the main level in NBA Street, too. I know, and it's funny, too, because uh, I guess what it was is back then, though, you know, back in, like, Anwen era, the courts in Harlem went off the most. You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't right, Walker, right. it was Kingdom or Dykeman. So right. we, we did those. Like, I don't think even my teammates, like, they might have played West, pick up at West 4th for fun here and there, but it wasn't really, like, their thing. It's more touristy, West 4th. Yeah, it's more touristy. It's kind of like a Cali street ball. It's like Laguna or like... Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Venice a little bit. You know what I mean? When I I played there... It's so small. I can't even do half the shit you want to do there. (laughs) You know what I mean? I know. I do want to go there, though. I want to make make content up there. I do want to go back there. When I played there, I feel like the number one skill set there is just like politicking, a.k.a. cheating to get the ball back. (laughs) Just talking trash and like learning how to play with crazy people. I would say that those are the things you're going to gain from it. But as far as like beautiful basketball is concerned, you're not going to find it anywhere close to West 4th. And that's what's hard, too. You know, sometimes like... Like, I've been wanting to do New York content, too. We shot a little bit out there. But, like, sometimes it'd be so rugged. You end up playing football. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, even though <laughs> you might have won your games, but, like, the joint was ugly. So, I did a couple of vids in New York. I didn't even release it. It was just, the joint was whack. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's because I was getting fouled the whole game. And that's the hard part about street ball, right? It ain't no ref. You know what I'm saying? You got to work with it. Like, right, right, like right. a New York pickup game is like a real NBA game that the last five minutes of the game are going to be incredibly drawn out. Like if it's 10-10, everyone's hacking on game point no matter what. It's it, Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like that's the beauty of it because when you win, you feel great about it. You know what I'm saying? You call game. Like, you know what I'm saying? You tell them to get off the court and all that. That feels good. But, yeah, like I've been in games where I couldn't make the game when it – like it just, it just wasn't going to happen. Somebody was on me 6-4. <laughs> And it was going to be a shove. Like, they just, there was no game point possibility. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. 
Yeah, you got to be a different level of toughness to kind of get a bucket off in New York City. That's for sure. For sure. But I think even growing up, like 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 with Anwan playing in New York so much in East Coast, it actually like that built the foundation for my game. I actually even current day, I don't even know the game. Like I watch NBA players scrimmage and sometimes like I'll watch these high level AAU players like go through scrimmages and they don't even touch each other. You know what I'm saying? They just they do this and they slide their feet. I never played basketball like that. I don't even know that. <laughs> I don't even know the game like that. Whenever I play, it's always super personal, at least going to be hand checking, if not fouling every play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I'm thankful know. for that, but it does make it tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So we got two games. Before we wrap this up, because uh, we know you got things to do, we got two games we wanted to run with you. So we're going to get those going. Let's go. Um, go ahead, Luke. Yeah, so – and one on top of having the street ball, they had the funniest and hottest T-shirts in the game. For real. So I, <laughs> yeah. I want to read you some of these absurd taglines. And if you could just rank them one to ten. Okay. If you recall these on the T-shirts. I, even re- I recall a couple. I'm probably going to. Yeah, yeah. I'll, all right. This one's simple. Take a seat. Class is in session. So I'm ranking it one to ten? And one to ten. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I like that one a lot. I'm gonna give that one a nine just because it's very like professor esque. You know, what I'm saying? I was gonna say that was that was pretty much yours. Yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, you know what I mean? I'm gonna give that one a nine. Like back in the day, I didn't think much of it, but yeah, like thinking about that now, yeah, nine out of ten. Now this one is highly suspect. You're as easy as your girl. I can't believe these were on t-shirts. I never, I don't even remember that one. That's crazy. That's actually that's funny though. You know what I'm saying? I give that like a seven, eight, something like that. I give that okay. a seven. They call me the bus driver. I take everyone to school. I had that one. <laughs> no lie. I had that team. I think that's a soft trash talk. I'm gonna give that a like a six, just because that's like a, that's like a soft line. Even though it's fun, it's like soft. It's it's a dad joke. It's a dad joke. That was definitely yeah, I corporate. Know, I, know. I know. Don't laugh. You're next. Don't laugh, you're next. I don't like that. I'm giving that a five. That's <laughs> super soft. Like my <laughs> Go ahead. You might name my favorite. I'm going to let you go. Okay. If I let you score, will you go home? <laughs> five, five. We'll get a five. Yeah, that's what we're Hopefully, I read your favorite one. Call me the surgeon. I just took your heart. Six. I'll give you six. Six. I, I recall these being way hotter than they are now that I'm reading them. Disrespectful. There was disrespectful ones for sure. My game's butter. You're toast. <laughs> <laughs> I give that like a seven. This is funny. Because it's funny, right? Otherwise, yeah, I li- it's corny. I like but- this one. This one's creative. Your game is so tired, even your shadow quit. I don't get it, but I like it. That's wild. Yeah, I, I never saw that one. Never saw that. I don't know. Six. Okay. This one's very demoralizing. Give and go. Give up the game and go home. <laughs> I like that one. We'll give it an eight. I like that one. That's yeah, one. I like that one too. Okay. I saw a picture of your game on the milk carton. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I rocked that one back in the day. I'm gonna give that like an eight. I like that. This is another wild one. Your game's like your girl, straight busted. Okay, I love that. Yeah, you know what? We're gonna go with a ten on that one. My favorite one is your game is ugly as your girl. I used to wear that all the time. That was close. That was close. I'm gonna give that one. Yeah, let's go, let's go ten on that. It's classic. And last one. What's wrong? Did Mama forget to pack your game? That's kind of funny. Seven. We'll go seven. I like that one because anytime you guess you mention somebody's mama, you're getting under somebody's skin no matter what. Right. That's automatic. Right. Your, your mama jokes were way more popular back then, too. <laughs> the whole damn right. show. 
I don't know. We might need to bring those t-shirts back. I got to find them on eBay or something. I need to get that girl busted. Your girl's bust. You know what's crazy though? The uh, they they retroed those a few times. Shout out to and one. They they've retroed the trash. They might have them up there now. I know they're doing a retro series. They did some of our favorite uh, shoes on the tour just recently. Yeah, oh, wow. I got yeah. one of those on eBay like ten I years get my ago. My hands on some of that. Yeah, but a, but a retro one from the two thousand would be fire though. Yeah. Like on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So as one of the original handle gods from way back, I want you to tier rank some of these crossovers. Okay. 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 Just give me like an A through F grade and uh, and tell me if you don't remember these, but these are pretty famous. So you'll remember them. Okay. The Allen Iverson crossover on Mike Jordan. A plus. I mean, that's, that's the one <laughs> that like, that like birthed me in the handle game. My trainer showed me that I was in fourth grade. It was like magic. You know what I'm saying? It's so funny. It's such a clean crossover, but in real time, like it's excellent defense as well. Amazing, MJ. <laughs> yeah. almost a piece of it is wild. Yeah. It's wild, but yeah, that was that was the one right there. Like mm-hmm. he probably had better ones, but the fact it was against Mike, you know what I'm saying? It was just, it was yeah, cool. yeah, nah, for sure. All right, next one, Jordan in the finals. Was it a push off or was it clean? Oh, I'm gonna say clean. I'm gonna say clean because I feel like. That push off is is a balance hand, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, people yeah. say, I put like sometimes dudes hit the deck like that, right? But what happens is you go if you cross and they're like at your chest and you're gonna come back, you naturally gonna use you're gonna do something with your other hand. You ain't gonna be right. like you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like balance, yeah, yeah. So d- can it knock the defender off balance though? Yeah, I mean if your momentum go momentum going that way, I just feel like it's something that's gonna happen. I feel like people are too sensitive about that. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's an A plus. All right, now this one's a little bit more deep cut. This is from the rookie sophomore game. I want to say 2012. Okay. Kyrie on Brandon Knight. Do you remember that one? Oh, that was crazy, bro. So that was a series of moves too. I'm gonna give it an A because it was a no contact ankle breaker, right? I don't think he <laughs> stepped on his foot or nothing. Yeah, he like just lost his footing and went face first. That was pretty wild. I remember when I saw it too. That was before we knew Kyrie was Kyrie, and I remember thinking like. I remember thinking it was almost like an accident, but now when I go back and watch it, I'm like, that was actually crazy. Because I remember I saw it live, but yeah, I'll give it an A for sure. All right. Now, what about Steph Curry versus Chris Paul on the baseline? It was slight, but he got him. Playing Twister. Yeah, I think the headline of that, the virality was A+, but I think if I was actually to rank, you know, he stepped on his foot. Right. That happens, though. I I think that's something that happens, too. A A lot of ankle breakers in history were contact ankle breakers. People just... You don't really see it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, I thought that was crazy. I'll give that a B, B plus. Yeah, I thought okay. that, was, that was pretty crazy. Just just because it was CP3, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, that joint was that joint was on the internet one minute after it happened, I remember. That was the changing of the guard right there and then. Yeah, it was wild. It almost, like, solidified. It was, like, Steph and CP3, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yep. that, was, that was, like, one of the moments for sure. Yeah. All right. James Harden. Versus Wesley Johnson. My man stared at him for a good five seconds afterward. I actually love that one. I, they asked me about that on TMZ. It was on TMZ Sports. I remember that. Uh, I'm going to go B just because of the taunting. You know what I'm saying? I, okay. I, I like the stare down. I think like that was a contact one, but still, that was great. Uh, professor's yeah. a class act. Yeah. I respect that. That was definitely the most disrespectful. One, speaking of AI having uh, a more ankle breakers under his belt. The AI versus Ty Lu. That step over afterward, elite. 
That was pretty hard. I think uh, the crossover, though, if, in terms of cross, like he kind of what he pulled back, right? And he fell off. He tried to block and he fell, right? Yeah. Dang. So it's hard to give that a bad grade, but I don't feel like that was that. A, it was the moment that made it big. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, I give the Fine. move. The move was like a C plus. I don't think it was insane, right? AI done way better than that. But I think the moment, the moment is what made that crazy. And the fact that you, you know what I'm saying? The, I love the step over. That's fire. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's super tough. Well, yeah, I think the move itself is C plus, but the moment was A plus. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I respect it. I got the defense back. Again, it, it's funny that that was Ty Lue in that moment. And also he was randomly playing some pretty solid defense, even though they got torched that game. I know. I mean, yeah. I mean, people say, people say, like, look, he got he got stepped over by AI, but he had the assignment. You know what I'm saying? And they won, right? I mean, he carded him all the way to, to through victories too. So it's actually unfair to Ty Lue, to be honest. It's actually unfair. He got he got torched the first what two games, and then I think I don't even it's called containing. I think AI had over twenty, but he made it tough enough for them to win. You know what I'm saying? The, the, yeah, he the remaining did what he could. Games. So nobody was uh, stopping AI back then. Yeah, I wanted them to win so bad. I remember that when they won that first game, I was so hyped. Yeah, me too, man. I was I was so sad watching Dikembe Mutombo try to guard Shaq. I was like telling my dad, I'm like, this guy has to be cheating. <laughs> oh yeah, them dudes is out of it. They really had no shot. Like the fact no they even shot. won the game was actually wild. It was just AI going crazy, and you're just like, yo, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, prefer- Professor, anything coming up for you? Anything you want to promote? Shout out. Oh, What's next. Uh, Man, just check me out on socials, man, right now. I have a lot of things in the works, but it's too soon to speak on them. Um, actually, check it out. Crossover5.com. So crossover spelled out the number 5.com. Sign up. You get a free video, Five Steps to the Perfect Crossover. I'm going to be dropping my online program, Teaching the Game. It's called Crossed Up University. So be on the lookout for that. I'm really excited about that one. So that's in the coming months. Uh, until then, check me out on YouTube, man. Professor Live, all other platforms at the Professor. Um, yeah, man. More content hell, as always. Hell yeah, Brody. I'm gonna sign you up for that, man. You need it. <laughs> you, you too. I don't know. I don't know who dribbles worse between me and you. Yeah, I mean, we're both bad. So terrible. How y'all play? Y'all rugged or what? I'm rugged. Nelson's finesse. I'm a finesse big man scorer. I want to say like a LaMarcus Aldridge, okay. Brooke Lopez, Andre I'm, uh, I'm Christian right. Leitner on the Wizards when he wasn't an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> hey, see, Leitner was underrated though, man. That's good. what I'm saying. That's just what my refs called me when I was a little kid. So I'm definitely not as anywhere nice to him even comparatively, but I'll take it. That was yeah, awesome. we'll take it. <laughs> Let's go. All right, Professor, thank you so much for taking the time sitting with us. You're a legend in your lane. We salute you. Big fans from way back. Wow. We'll do this again sometime. Hey, humble fellas, man. Super appreciate the time. We'll catch you soon, Professor. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.